Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I am your host. This podcast is about my personal experiences, stories, and events with dealing with borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. My experiences with BPD is due to my wife, now ex-wife, who I have been with for 34 years, was diagnosed with BPD in 2012. And I want to share my experiences with you so that if you are someone who has somebody in your life with BPD, that you may relate to what I'm saying along with my personal tips and suggestions that may or may not work in your specific situation. And if you are someone who has been diagnosed or think you may have BPD, that you may recognize the signs and understand the havoc and turmoil that it can have around people that are involved in your life. Let me caution you that I am in no way qualified or certified in the field of mental health and that my personal suggestions are merely my personal opinion and do not recommend that anybody take any mental health therapy into their own hands, but to personally seek out the help from a professional in the field of mental health. And furthermore, if you are a couple, you might even consider counseling to help further your relationship a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. I just want to say real quick, I've been having some technical difficulties with my microphone and my software. So I apologize if the volume has been um, crappy and the volume is up and down. I apologize for that very much. I'm working to um, get it corrected. But in the meantime, I apologize. Hello, everybody. Thank you again for listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I'm your host. Today's episode is called Runaway Thoughts Like a Freight Train of Misconceptions and Perceptions. And this episode is based upon my relationship at at the present moment. My wife has not spoken to me since the uh, latter part of um, March. Um, going up until now, we had slight communication. <laughs> I tried visiting her on her birthday on April 6th and had about maybe five minutes in her driveway. She refused to speak to me to accept um, a card that I had for her birthday and a gift. And ended up leaving with her, um, her forcefully and hatefully making me leave her house. And a couple of weeks ago, I tried going to her house and had maybe about one hour with her and again her making it very hurtful um, to make me leave and she still has been refusing to answer any of my texts or phone calls and um, one thing I've realized the original reason she had made me leave um, was a very stupid reason Um, and I don't want to judge it that way everybody's got their own reasons but to me it was a stupid simple reason but it has progressed like I said like a runaway freight train and it just barrels with these misconceptions and perceptions about me over a period of time and I've noticed this kind of pattern and I want to touch base on it because I've noticed with um with a relationship with her with BPD is I have to constantly reassure her and go above and beyond and sometimes all over the top just to keep um, a certain perception of our relationship and when there's any um length of us being apart when her mind wanders uh, it becomes harder and harder for me to get back in and the longer I'm away those thoughts snowball 
and um, that's what I want to touch base on with this episode. And I think it'll be helpful for a lot of people because um, I, I've myself I've heard this with uh, people with BPD relationships. So I want to touch base on it and see if I can help anybody out there. So with that being said, let's get on with the episode. So, Memorial Day weekend, this is um, May 28th, 2021, Memorial Day weekend. What really sucks is me and my wife had got back together um, two years ago, Mother's Day, and um, that was one of the happiest days that I've had in a long, 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 long time. Because we were apart for about ten months, and um, there was a um, um, a pot fest that my uh, kids—they're adults, but um, they go to every year—and we've never been to one. So um, my daughter had invited my wife to go, and my son invited me to go, and we hadn't spoken ten months. So um, when I was inside of the tent, and I heard them approaching and heard her voice, I. I broke down crying. I, it's my baby's voice. And um, I opened the zipper and looked her in the eyes and I just stood there. And um, I said, can I give you a hug? And she said, yeah. Oh, and I had shivers go down my spine. And I just started crying. I said, I love you so much. And um, so that whole weekend, um, was wonderful. You know, we reconnected and we hadn't seen each other for 10 months. We had some talking and catching up and we, um, she invited me back to her house that night and, you know, I didn't push, you know, any moves on her sexually, but I asked if I could sleep in the bed and cuddle up to her. And of course she told me later on, if I put the moves on her, she would have accepted. But to me, it was just more to hold her and cuddle her and just hold my baby in my arms again, my, my angel. And, um, and then last year, you know, you know, we were together on Memorial Day weekend, and uh, my kids had brought some fireworks, and you know, we had a good celebration. And now this year, here I am, alone, and um, she won't talk to me. It sucks. But what brings me to this episode? Ah, oh God, I feel like such a little bitch. Um, was I'll back up. Uh, this was um towards the latter part of March. Um, I had to go get a battery for my car and, um, we had a Walmart that's about 10 minutes from our house and I had gone there and they didn't have the, um, the, 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 the model that needed to go in my car. It was either the wrong cold cranking amps or the fitting was wrong. And I'm like, God, and I needed one. My, my battery was completely dead. Once I got anywhere and shut it off, it was dead again. And, um, I had already used my last AAA call. So anyway, so the other Walmart was in Manchester, which was um, half an hour from my house. So anyway, so I left there, headed to Manchester, and I texted her, and I said, um, you know, what, what the situation was. I'm going to the one in Manchester. I already called there. They have them in stock. So she hadn't read the, the text um, in almost an hour into it. So all of a sudden, you know, I texted her back and I'm like you know I didn't hear a response from you do, you know do you need anything at Walmart where I'm there and she's like no don't even bother coming back 
uh, my why? Like I texted you right away and told you, you know, I had to go here. So, you know, most people with BPD that that's one of the things if there's, you know, if you have a line from A, B and C and now all of a sudden it goes A, B, C, D, everything gets thrown out of whack. You know, it, it's like they have to be very systematic. And if you give them a plan, anything's out of whack. Usually means something sneaky or something like that. And I always offer it, you know, do you want to go with me? She doesn't want to go. So I did remind her, I said, you know, I said to you, you know, I'm going to be leaving the store in about 10 minutes. In the next 20 minutes, I'll be going by, by the house. I can stop and pick you up if you'd like to go. She never responded. So long story short, um, and of course, from then once I get to the store in Manchester, the, um, um, they didn't have the ones on the shelf. And I, and I said, listen, I called. You guys said you had them. And the guy's like, well, we could have made a mistake, this and that. And I said, you know, this, I need a battery. I have to have a battery. And, you know, I just went, this is going to be an hour-round trip. Long story short, the guy said, well, let me go back, up back and check. Almost 20 minutes goes by. I get a manager, and I'm like, you know, he's checking. How long does this take? So the kid came out, and he's like, oh, hey, I got the battery you need. I said, good. So anyways, I'm getting ready to head back home. Um, my son texted me and said, can you pick up our oldest daughter? And uh, she's in uh, the next town of where my wife lives. He said, can you stop, pick her up, and bring her to mom's house? I said, yeah, no problem. So I texted my wife and I said, listen, I have to come back anyways because um, our son texted and wants me to pick up her oldest daughter and drop her off to you. She didn't give me a response. So anyways, so again, um, you know, I did that. Now this ended up turning into, let me see, about a two and a half hour ordeal, you know. So what originally should have been one hour most is four times the amount of time. So that just throws her all off. So we get back to the house and... Uh, my daughter goes up knocking on the door. My wife's not answering. We text her, call her. I'm like, listen, if you don't want me coming in or whatever, but you get a lot of daughter in. So we're banging on the window and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'll leave, whatever. I didn't do anything wrong. I had to get a battery. I gave you every step of the way. I took pictures at the store, date and time. I got the receipt, everything. I get, the, you know, the name. I really did. I took the names down of every associate that I dealt with. I said, I've got their names, the phone number you can call. Verify my information. There's nothing sneaky. This is a car battery that I'm getting. Uh, lo and behold, she lent me the $70 to get the battery. Come to find out, battery is $119. So while I'm at the store, I called the relative of mine. She had to wire me some money on my card. So that was another issue. But I said, you know, I've got proof of all my steps. The text to my aunt, the text, you know, um, the screenshots of the money going to my account. Everything is accounted for. There's nothing, you know, again, you don't want to hear anything. It was supposed to be, you know, from point A to point B back to point C in this amount of time. You know, five minutes, give or take, anything out of that, especially with her, it was all done. So, anyway, she ended up letting my daughter in. I ended up having to leave. From that day on, this is where we stand. Now, the thing is, like, when I'm with her, I call it a very high-maintenance relationship because in – you know, I'm not bitching and complaining. I know the amount of work that there is into this relationship, but I won't give up on her. I know how she ticks. And uh, as much as I know how she ticks, there's a lot of talks that I don't know. So the tick and the talk always don't ma match up. So, I mean, I know her as well as I know myself, if not better. 
And I knew that this was going to be an ordeal, but I had to have that freaking battery, you know, especially if God forbid this is an emergency. She knew it as well as I do. The battery was completely dead. But anyways, um, so from that day, you know, um, I left. I sent her a text and I said, listen, you know, here I laid out the whole scenario. I went here. I've got pictures, date, time. I've got receipts, names, phone numbers, you know. You're more than welcome to call. I really wish you would. There's nothing sneaky. You know, you wouldn't go with me. You know, if you had, you would have been there every minute of the way with me, but you didn't. Now, um, oh, like I was saying, so with the relationship, I call it high maintenance. You know, I know I constantly have to, um, like, have reminders in my head. You know, in a normal relationship, you may tell somebody when you wake up you love them. Maybe, you know, once or twice throughout the day and then when you go to bed with her, I know I have to say it multiple times. And it's not like, don't get me wrong, it's not like it's like um, reminding myself, oh, God, I have to tell her I love her 10 more times a day. No, it's just one of those things I know I have to throughout the day reassure her um, and, you know, reassure her that I, I know she's beautiful and that she's sexy and that I'm happy to be with her. And I'll just do it like out of the blue. She'll be doing dishes and I'll come up and I'll hug her and I'll be like, I love you, sweetie. You know, I just want to let you know I'm so happy that I'm with you. I really do love you and I appreciate you so much. And I'll give a little kiss on the neck. And, you know, just those little things for no reasons, just to let her know. You know, and depending on the mood she is, I'll see if she's receptive or even if she was paying attention. You know, sometimes I say something like that and she's like, what? What did you just say? Because she was out of, you know, in her own little world. So I call that like going above and beyond and over the top. Like I know I have to say it more times than I normally would maybe in, in, in a regular relationship or, you know, um, so, but again, I don't mind. It's just that I constantly have to do that, go above and beyond. I know even if I'm in a bad mood, I still have to make sure that I force myself to make sure, okay, I have to tell her I love her and I have to kind of like get myself in that mode. Cause you could tell somebody's, you know, I love you or I love you, you know, in the tone of the voice, you know, and, if I love her that much, I want to be in the relationship, I have to do it that way. So it's a very high maintenance. You know, I, I always have to, um, like, get up in the morning. If I get up first, I always have to make sure that I wake her up a little bit and say, baby, I'm getting up. I'm going to make a coffee. Do you want one now? And usually she'll say yes, and it'll sit on her nightstand and get cold. But if I don't wake her up, she definitely, you know, People with BPD, or at least with my wife, they're very, very systematic and have to be like that. Um, nothing can change or it seems weird. Like if I don't wake her up to go make a coffee, why didn't you wake me up and ask me if I wanted one? Even if I made her one and brought it in, but because I didn't ask her first, that's something that's out of the norm. So it seems something weird, you know. Um like she has said before, like, I've gotten up and gone to take a shower without asking her. And she's like, you know, at least when I go take a shower, I at least ask you first. So it's always going to be like, if it's not done the same way, there's always something weird. So I always have to remember these little things. Like when I get up, I know I can't, you know, go make a coffee without waking her up first and asking her. And there has been a couple of times that I did. And she's like, yep. And all of a sudden she come to the kitchen. Why didn't you ask me if I want a coffee? I'm like, I did wake you up and you said yes. And she'll swear, no, you didn't. I'll be like, baby, I did. Why do you think I'm making you one? You know, so I can't just be like, I fucking did. 
you know, or be nasty like that because it's fighting fire with fire. Um, so, um, but the point I'm trying to get to is so anytime that we, when we have a fight, okay, depending, I, I kind of base it on levels. Like if we have a level one fight, four, five, six, or a 10, a 10 is an explosive nuclear war, World War Four fight. Um, this last one was, you know, like, I'd say like a level three. It was just nothing major. It was just out of system. You know, like I said, it didn't go from point A, B to C. It was A, B, C, D, E, F back to her. So it became a fight. So um, when we leave it in that period of time that we're not together, there's so many things that collaborate and cling on like a magnet. I always picture like this, this circle magnet. And our individual fight may have these like speckles of metal onto it. And once I leave, if, if I send like a nasty text to her, you know, she'll send me always a nasty text. And if I respond back nasty, there's going to be some more negativity, um, metal pieces flying onto that magnet. So now we left, you know, in, in a level four fight now, it's becoming a four and a half. And if I keep it going, it's going to go to a five and a six. And it's going to be harder for me to, you know, come back and now instead of just coming back in the next day or day after it's now three or four days and then not only that it's harder to get back in so and then i've also noticed like over the years when she would have we'd be getting along fine and she has a fight with one of my other kids or her mother or something um i used to have this joke i'm like you know right, you fought with your mother you fought with nicole now you're gonna fight with me and it, that's how it always was because when she would get in that mode, it would spill right over to me. So after a while, I kind of knew that, prepared myself, and I would ask her, you know, well, I want to be here for support. I don't want to be, you know, your dark board. I want to be your backboard. So, you know, if you're having an argument with one of the kids, your mother or something, you know, don't fight with me. I'll, I'll listen to you. I'll either offer you a suggestion or support or I'll just be your ear. You, you can throw your stuff at me, but don't take it out on me. That's all I ask. You know, and she was the one who always said, you know, you take things out on the person most closest to you. And, um, but that never worked for me. You know, <laughs> if I was fighting with somebody took it out on her, I'm a bad person. So I always understood it wasn't, you know, um, you know, good for the goose, good for the gander. It was more do as I say, not as I do. So, um, so anyways, back to when we're apart, I always cringe because when things would happen, when we're not together, we'd fight with other people. I'm not when I'm usually there, like I said, it would spill over to me, but when I'm not there, it still spills over to me, but it sticks to that magnet. So now when I left with a, you know, level four fight, she's fighting with the kids. Now it's that four and a half or five without me even having any involvement. It's just those extra piece that spill over, spill over to me no matter where I am. So now we're at a level five, five and a half. So now when I go to text her, she's not responding to me. And it's because these things, you know, these internal things happen or external things happen with her without me being there. So now it's piling up on harder for me to get back in. And then uh, she had issues with um, her family going behind her back and uh, selling the house that she's in, which was her mother's house. So those frustrations and stuff got thrown onto me. And then she seemed to think that I was talking to her family members and going behind her back. And I've tried to explain to her, I have nothing to benefit from it. I'm getting nothing from the sale of the house. The only thing it would do is me betraying you and you never talking to me again. And I don't want to do that. There's no motive for me to talk to your family. But again, because of the stress from that, it's stuck to the magnet. So now, you know, 
I'm at, you know, level six or seven. And um, then my oldest daughter had moved in with her. And um, um, then there's stresses on there. Uh, my oldest daughter has um, some learning disabilities and stuff. And she'll, um, she has this, not that she does it on purpose, but she's always, you know, coming in and, you know, asking little questions here and there. And I don't want to say bothering us, but, you know, uh, kind of bothering us. So my wife's in there trying to like concentrate. She'd keep coming in. She's like, Nicole, wh wh why do you keep coming in and, and bothering me like this? So those little things again, you know, now I'm at level seven or eight, you know, he just keeps adding on to that magnet. So then when she was completely ignoring my text, my phone calls, and when I tried going there, immediately she's like, get the fuck off my property. I don't want to see it. I don't want to talk to you. So what originally turned out to be, like I said, a level four, which might have been, you know, in my my experience, that kind of argument would have been me being away for about three days, begging in a few texts, and coming back maybe on the fourth or fifth day. But now we're talking a couple of months. And of course, also I'll kind of like weave in here to my episodes talking about her paranoia. For some reason, she always thinks I'm cheating on her, sneaking women into the house and stuff. She has this thing where she believes that I have affairs with my two daughters. That's another story to be told. And my oldest daughter had a child two years ago, and she told people she believed that was my child. And then she wonders why my daughter won't allow her to see her granddaughter. But anyways, so that daughter being at the house, she seems to think that I'm talking to my daughter to get information. So that's one of her other paranoia. She's like, what are you going to report to daddy every little thing that happens here? And that's not true. So now we're going over the tops like a level 10 or 12. So now she won't talk to me at all. And I've heard through other people and I have other ways. I found out that she has all these misconceptions about me. She's um, saying that I'm using my kids to spy on her, that I'm trying to um, add stress onto her. So it's all these misconceptions. So the last letter I wrote to her, I said, listen, I love you dearly. You know, we've never been apart this much from an argument like it did. I didn't do anything wrong. It was just extra time. I explained everything to you, but the amount of time we've been apart, you've had stresses, you've had um, um, arguments with your family and our children, and that spills over to me. And, and I said, but listen, I don't mind. I've always told you that I'd be, you know, there for you, your backbone. I'd, I'd listen to any complaint or bitching you wanted to do, even if it didn't have something to do with me. That's what a partner is there for. But without me being there, you're building this stuff up and you have misconceptions about me. You think that I'm having the kids spy. You think I'm talking to your family members and stuff, but you won't even talk to me to let me defend myself. And now she's telling people she wants absolutely nothing to do with me. And like now, if she is getting told to leave her family's house, she literally has to leave with nowhere to go and no money until um, the house sells. And that could be two months, two years down the road, whoever. And now they're planning on taking all her money because she's been there the past three years and hasn't paid anybody any money. The taxes rolling up and blah, blah, blah. So she may not get anything. I have offered her, uh, she doesn't even have a car right now. I have offered to buy her a car. Um, I just paid off my, my last vehicle and I told her, I said, you know, I can turn around and sell it right now for 10 grand. I'll give you five grand and I'll take five grand. You can get a nice car or a truck with that and I'll do the same thing. She hasn't offered to take five grand from me. I have offered her electric bills up to $1,800 right now. I told her, I said, listen, I'll 
write a money order right out now, pay $1,800 for the electric, so you don't have your electricity shut off. She won't take a penny from me. She says she'd rather live under a bridge than take any money from me. And that's pretty bad because it's, you know, she always allowed me to, you know, if her dogs need to be fed uh, food. I paid her electric bill before when she was in the dark for three days and it was $1,200. And I went and I paid it with my card. Um, now she won't take anything from me. Now I'm literally the devil because this amount of time, like I said, when I left, it was like a level four fight, which it even shouldn't have been anyways. But anyways, but all these <clears throat> internal and external things that are happening are building up on that magnet of hate and now i'm like probably a level 30 she has all these misconceptions <coughs> excuse me and perceptions about me that are not true and i said if you just give me a moment to sit down with you and clear up these misconceptions and perceptions you have about me i'm sure we could work something out but even if we weren't i'd rather just leave you on that level four fight and be friends than leaving that level four fight now we're at 30 and i'm the devil and you won't even take 5000 from me. You won't take 1800 for your electric. You won't do nothing. You won't take anything from me. It's like, <clears throat> you know I won't give up on you. And you're worrying me because I don't want you to be hungry or be in the dark or anything like that. And I want to help you. I'm not up to anything. So it's trying to like, I'm trying to chisel into the, you know, a stone with a hammer and a nail um, to try to, to get to her. And that's what i cringe in the hardest and that's why anytime we ever had an argument she'd send me away the longer that we were apart you know people would always say give it time stay away for like a week my experience the longer i stayed away these like i said internal and external things that would happen would pile onto my magnet and all these negativities so it was harder for me to get back in so my experience it was always try to get over it get through it and hurry up and try to get back in because by no fault of his own these things would build up and it would go against me so i don't know if any of you have run into the same thing or you know maybe a light may pop up in your head and go oh my god yeah i've been through the same thing so with me the more time apart the harder it is to get back in and it's been really hard like i said unless i physically go there she won't answer my text my calls nothing and i live an hour from her so for an hour just to go up there like i said before for 10 minutes of her telling me get off the property constantly for 10 minutes until I actually pulled out of the driveway or the last time I sat there for almost 40 minutes of her ignoring me walking past me and then said um, is there anything you fucking really want you know and then like I said I was there for maybe one hour before she sent me away again so I don't know if any of you like I said have this experience and realize the longer you're apart the harder it is um, they say time heals but with me time created more problems so, but anyways, that's the, um, the episode for this show, and um, I hope I've been able to help anybody, and like I said, I, I love anybody's emails. I've gotten um, an influx. It's like uh, feast or famine. Sometimes I'll get five or six emails in one week, and sometimes I won't see any for a couple of months, but I'm definitely open to anybody's emails. The last uh, email I got, a gentleman had um, asked me to do more episodes about uh, paranoia and these delusions, but if uh, anybody has any questions or comments about issues that you've been through um i'm sure i've probably been through the same thing and i can try to answer it the best way i can shoot me an email uh it's in the uh, post notes and um i'm sorry in the um show notes uh it's third degree podcast nh at gmail.com and i love to hear from you guys so again just remember if you have somebody in your life you love with bpd try to understand them and love them as much as you can because they find it so hard to understand themselves and love themselves so Happy relationship, happy life. Thank you again for listening.
You've been listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. I hope you enjoyed the show, and please check out my many other episodes. I hope you get some beneficial suggestions from my experiences. And remember, we're all responsible for our own choices. I'd like to remind you that if you have someone in your life with BPD, try to understand them and love them as much as you can, because they find it so hard to be able to understand themselves and love themselves. So thank you again and have a happy life.